How's it going? Um, honestly, I'm not sure this is going to be a very good podcast because they picked the two. Well, I mean, I say they've picked, but we're sort of we are without <laughs> a shred of a doubt the two glum, the two grumpiest podcast hosts, especially sort of this off week. The rotation, yeah, especially this week. Um, should we <laughs> should we at least get into some games because there was quite a lot that happened? Uh, yeah. And, well, we want to get out of here as quickly as possible so we don't have to fucking deal with the rest of you lot, all right? Fucking, that, it. fucking just shut up, man. Actually, <laughs> I mean, we could, we could say to everyone else that we've we've done a podcast but actually just play Among Us for a bit. <laughs> can do if you want. Me, Tom Chapel. Excellent. Lovely. Thanksgiving happened. Happy one to all of you bastards that got to celebrate it by sitting down and watching Lions, Texans, and Cowboys, Washington. Like, congrats. I hope you all I, had a lovely turkey yeah. and didn't get any fucking football for Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah, I mean, turkey is any excuse for good turkey. That is true. Although, is there really any good turkey? Uh, yeah, I'll tell you what, Adrian Milkins makes a mean turkey. Does he? Yeah. Interesting. I'll, uh, I'm sure that at some point I will be intrigued to meet Adrian Milkins. Oh, the the man is, um, he's something of a a, a local legend. <laughs> he dre- if you can imagine him, he sounds like me, but dresses exactly like Kevin MacLeod. Oh, no, I can imagine that, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm just imagining Kevin MacLeod, to be honest. Yeah, uh, that you would, know. yeah. You wouldn't be like wildly off. <laughs> Fantastic! What a hero! Yeah, yeah. Have um, you had a good oh, weekend? Um, have I had a good week? Uh, it's it's been all right. Um, I'm trying to think. I I left the football. If we could just, I left the football sort of midway through the third quarter, and like, because I was genuinely so furious with the Vikings once again. That I went and had a bath and like blasted the Neil Young, and so I completely missed the comeback. Yeah, you you sort of what you did there was you you forgot that the witching hour happens, and it happens every <laughs> goddamn week. And I don't know why you went and got in the bath, but you know that's you've been punished for your hubris by missing out on bang average <laughs> quarterback play and bang average defending. I think it, it's far from hubris. I don't think I don't think it was out of pride that I went to the <laughs> I'm so sick of these Vikings. I'm so proud of them all the goddamn time. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! Look at this defending. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Kendricks has deflected another pass. Yes. <laughs> to be fair, I am actually like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. I mean, shall we start with the Thanksgiving games? Unless, I mean, has anything interesting happened to you this week? I'd be, I'd be interested to ooh. see. Well, I'd be interested to see. Yes. A certain face. Um, Samson. Samson. He's clearly ignoring me. Um, if you're wondering why I'm just shouting uh, a random name into the void listeners what you missed is we got a podcast dog we've got a podcast cat a pod cat and now we've got a pod dog 
Or I think we've got, we've got two podcasts, but yeah, also a podcast. Oh, yes, sorry, we do. Because we've got uh, Molly, obviously, who routinely shows up in recordings. We've got Sam the cat, Samuel L. Katzen, and then we've got Samson the dog. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there you go. He's clearly he's currently probably laid on the bed fast asleep, as he has been all day. Naps at least ten times a day, that dog. That is a dog after my own heart. Yeah, exactly. What a, <laughs> how to be a Samson, that's for sure. Yeah. When all of your fucking responsibilities are just sitting down and then occasionally eating some like ham from the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> there are worse lives to have. Oh god, yeah. I mean that's pretty much what I used to do. If only <laughs> before I was buying the ham, that was literally all I did. <laughs> now you go out, you purchase the ham, <laughs> yeah. you come back, you eat the ham. Oh no, there's no more ham, I must purchase ham. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that was it's called the, the millennial ham cycle. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, amazing! I think we named the podcast. I would, do you know what we've also could say was the millennium ham cycle? Is Matt Patricia because uh, he's been <laughs> fired now? <laughs> and Jesus Christ, the Detroit Lions got mauled by the Texans, and it was disgusting. Yeah, it was to say. To say, like, go a few weeks ago, that team had, like, semblance of competition. Yep. They looked um, like everyone had a different playbook. I just, right, I don't understand how a game can be so high scoring and yet bore me so very much. Because I'm not going to lie, I watched this game. It might have been because I was sort of still in the mindset of, oh, we'll get, like, the better one later on and the better one's already been thrown in the trash somewhere. But, like,. This game felt like a bit of a measly, like, asparagus soup. Just a bit, not really too fulfilling, really. I wanted the main course, but we didn't get that. Uh, Yeah, I would go along with that. It was sort of just like... It was bad. We say that that things are bad. I mean, the Lions were very, very bad. Yep. The Texans were a kind of good flavour of bad. Yeah, they sort of they've definitely benefited this uh, this week as we found out um, because, well, Will Fuller's been found out for PED usage. Uh, mm-hmm. He certainly showed it. All of you fantasy heads out there, like someone that I was playing in one of my groups, um, had Will Fuller show up, drop an absolute hammer, and then leave again, all through cheating. So, well, well done, Will Fuller, and. Texan season's done, Lions season's done, blow it up. Yeah, yeah, blow it up and start again for both of them. I think that holding on to either of those quarterbacks is going to become a very difficult job for those two cities. Yes. Um, I would say this, do you know this is interesting? Do you know Deshaun Watson leads the league in passing yards? Does he actually? Yeah. Fucking hell. Because I thought that it was... Um, I thought it was Dak Prescott still, even though he's fucking been out since like week four no 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 no. that would that would be an extraordinary i think uh, if i was still in the league he'd probably be on like four and a half thousand at this point oh a hundred percent yeah um (laughs) and the cowboys would probably like still be five and five or something (laughs) yeah i mean they'd still be leading the uh nfc east we actually since we're speaking of the Cowboys and there's fuck all to talk about with the Lions-Texans anymore, let's go there for an absolute drubbing. 
by the Washington football team. I mean, we were talking about how oh Ron Rivera teams are a bit low scoring sometimes. And then what happens? Fucking Antonio Gibson shows up with three touchdowns on the day. What? It was, it was a sort of... It was a bloodbath. It was a burgundy and, burgundy and yellow bloodbath. What to say about this game? Yeah, again, it wasn't, it wasn't exactly high drama. Like, it certainly wasn't sort of... Um, unless you're a, a fan of one of those teams, it's probably not worth going into in too much detail. Um... The Cowboys look dreadful. Yeah. And D Washington need a QB because yes. Alex Smith is a wonderful person, but not a wonderful QB. Especially not right now. He 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 was pretty bloody good, to be fair, like a few years yeah. ago. But he's, I mean, he was already old anyway, but <laughs> yeah. He's old and he sort of lost that little bit of mobility that was still helping him. <laughs> Over the sort of the, the waning years of his career, He's barely but, out of the wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, his team did put up forty-one points, but it was largely on the back of Antonio Gibson rather than him. Yeah. Um, but I think that once they get, if they manage to successfully retool in this draft, I think Washington will have a an under the radar good side. Well, they've got they've got a good defense, and to be fair, the defense scored them quite a few points in this game. I think they had a defensive touchdown. No, they had two. Sorry. Yeah. Um, in this in that fourth quarter that just went mental to be honest um, they have been pretty good defensively although to be fair half of their games have come against absolutely horrendous offences but they've got quite a good young core in that defence and then on the, uh, the offence side of the ball Antonio Gibson's showing himself to be an actual pretty good running back they've got an alright O-line um, they've got Terry McLaurin who is one of the premier wide receivers in the league and and with a good quarterback could could easily break into that top 5 mold i think and i think they've got quite a lot of cap room as well um so yeah washington might actually be looking up for the first time pretty much since 1999 when dan snyder took over that's the thing though dan snyder is still there so i that think is we, true, yeah. I, I i said it and then immediately thought i should temper that by saying that dan snyder is about to <laughs> he's <laughs> Yeah, he could have run that franchise into the ground by the end of this sentence. There we have it. There was there was your Thanksgiving. There'd usually be three games. Um, you talk now, about it now. Go on. Get it over with. So, in case you're wondering why there were only two games, you've probably seen it all by now because, you know, social media and news and it's literally the only thing that's happening still from week 12. Um, so, there was meant to be Steelers-Ravens at, uh, at Heinz Field. And then... Uh, one of the strength and conditioning coaches of the Ravens tested positive, but also didn't actually adhere to any of the rules. Um, you might think, oh, but they've been cracking down on things and they would have just been like, ah, oh, just play it anyway. Or they'll move it once, but nope. It's now currently set to be played at 3.40pm tomorrow. Or sorry, yes, tomorrow. Um, the Ravens still haven't been fined. Uh, they were meant to actually play the game tonight, but because of snow... They didn't want to, and funnily enough, now that they are about to get J.K. Dobbins and uh, Mark Ingram back, suddenly they're uh, they're all right with with tomorrow at three forty. I like the fact that the NFL has asked uh, John Harbitch and Co. that, oh, is it all right if we play the game tomorrow instead of being like, right, you've had your last chance, we're playing it tomorrow. If you don't fucking show up, you're forfeiting. Like that, I don't understand how a team can genuinely flaunt the rules. 
openly admit to having flaunted said rules and then still escape punishment. And the worst part is, from from a Steelers perspective, because I am biased in this whole situation, is this is the second time that this has happened where our opponents have broken the rules, flaunted it, uh, gotten pissy at the NFL, the NFL has backed down, and then they've escaped with no punishment. So as far as I'm concerned, go fuck yourself, Roger Goodell. Go fuck yourself, John Harbour. Uh, go fuck yourself, Tennessee Titans, and go fuck yourself, Baltimore Ravens. Fuck yourselves. Full stop. Yes. Although didn't the didn't the Titans get a um, sort of is it their second and third round draft picks that they got taken off them? But still, I, I don't think they did. I think it was like a fine because they protested like, oh, but it's the first time that we've seen the rules or whatever, because uh, they'd not actually outlaid like any punishments. But then they've outlined the punishments and they've been outlined for eight weeks and they're still they're still too scared. Like we'll get onto it in a minute because the Broncos game was played without quarterbacks. Why couldn't yeah. the Ravens game have been played with practice squad players like the 49ers game was? It's ridiculous. I think it's a joke. If I if I went into the other room now and killed Emma, I couldn't then say to the police, well, I didn't know. I didn't actually know that murder was that illegal. <laughs> yeah, especially <laughs> I if... I like, frowned upon. You know, especially if your neighbours had literally both been arrested for, uh, <laughs> for having <laughs> killed people before, you know? Yeah, yeah. Do you know statistically speaking? Statistically speaking, you will have a conversation with one murderer over the course of your lifetime. I think I know who that murderer is. I'm pretty sure that I've already had this conversation with them, and I'm pretty sure that at some point I will find out via Facebook that they've killed someone. Okay, is it someone I know? It's not. No, it's someone I went to school with. I'm not going to out them because they might be encouraged to do it to me. Ah, okay. Well, I. Yeah, murders. Murders. Um, grizzly. Grizzly scenes. Speaking of grizzly scenes, <laughs> shall we get on to Titans Colts? Oh, it was, yeah. It was raining Derrick Henry. And AJ Brown. Jesus and Christ. AJ Brown. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <sighs> that is a furiously sort of physical side, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, they they scare me when it comes to the late season. Um, they have this sort of determination and grit that... They're not technical. God no, they're not. They're not the most technical of sides. Exotic smash mouth. <laughs> but it is. It, it is literally cram it down your throat, and and what are you going to do except choke on it? Yeah, I, I'd, I'd go along with that. Um, they're di- they're certainly difficult because one thing they can do is really control the ball. Mm-hmm. Like they don't have many offensive turnovers this year at all. Yeah, no, they, I can't remember the last time that they actually gave uh, gave one up actually. But um, the the Colts, who we sort of have been saying, oh, this is a pretty good defense. They lost to Forrest Buckner to the COVID list, and everything just fell apart. Like they were just gashed up there. Well, actually, I say up the middle, but without everywhere. DeForest, <laughs> yeah, without DeForest Buckner like occupying blockers because he he's double teamed in pretty much every snap. Without them doing that, they they was able to sort of get these runs to the outside. And I think that it was sort of running to the outside, strangely enough, with Derrick Henry, but they do it a lot. Like, mm-hmm. that was where they scored all of the points, and AJ Brown was a monster after the catch again. He might genuinely be one of the best yard after catch wide receivers in the NFL right now. I think he may genuinely be, like, if not the best, then, then second, because he's so lightning quick. If he gets in a straight line, he's gone. Like, we saw it. 
countless times last year, and we're seeing it again this year. If he gets into that straight line, downfield, open grass, he's gone. Nobody's catching him. And even if he doesn't have that open field, like he's still going to fight for another 20 yards, it feels like. Yeah, I mean, I off the top of my head, I can't really think of anyone particularly close. Like, other than sort of like, dare I say, other than someone who's as effective in the screen game as like a Dalvin Cook. Like, I don't think anyone else after the catch is as good as AJ Brown. No. Um, and it's just that, it's that raw power and, and speed, I think, more than anything. Because he's not, he's not the most clever of guys. Like I say, it's not, it's not technically gifted. They're just so physical that you just don't, unless you're matching him up with someone that is going to be able to go toe to toe physically, he's going to, he's going to take advantage. So yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, the only physical matchup for him as a linebacker, but then he's going to burn him. Yeah, exactly. So that's uh, that's going to be one to keep your eye on. I think I think the Titans will will be right up there. Come the what end. What about of the, the year. Colts? I mean, do you think the wheels are coming off the Colts a little bit, or do you think no. this was just a blip? I think I think it was a blip, and I I do think that it was entirely around sort of the starters that they were missing on defense. Um, I know that you had your criticisms to me earlier about uh, what it was yesterday, Rocky Sin, who at times can be blisteringly good like last week and then at other times can be, well, downright painful like in this one. He just he doesn't seem to have that consistency right now and I feel like that's the same for most of the Colts players. Um, I, I'd usually be on about how they live and die by the rivers because they, they do have like a good defense but in this week it it didn't show up because they just didn't have the same guys out there yeah it 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 is difficult to get a complete picture for the Colts but then i mean most of the offensive players were there and they didn't do a great deal against what is a sort of i mean a growing Tennessee defense but it's not um they've not got a strong pass rush and they're not they're not great in sort of like the outside corner areas like mm. you can certainly beat those cornerbacks so I, I don't know. Um, I guess when Philip Rivers is throwing up like sort of floor balls every other pass, then you're not going to really beat anyone on the outside. Yeah, exactly. Um, All right, where do you want to go next? Should we go to Bills Chargers because I I it's it's staring me in the face and uh, just I want to get it out of the way. Bills won this one twenty-seven to seventeen, but. The majority of the game for me wasn't the main highlight. It was it was the last minute um, where the Chargers down by 10 through a beauty of a Hail Mary. Uh, Justin Herbert managed to get it, get it through to... I can't remember who it was at the back. I think it might have been Mike Williams. Mike Williams, yeah. Um, sort of offered a little bit of a deflection. I mean, the Bills' Hail Mary defense has been pretty pretty horrendous this year, as we've as we've already seen. <laughs> um, and then, sort of, with the clock running, with forty seven seconds left to go, uh, they don't they don't spike it, they don't run a pass play, they don't do anything. What they do instead is have Austin Eckler take an inside zone run with uh, two wide receivers on the field. I hated every single bit of this last minute because not only did they then do this outside run but they also didn't spike it and then they went for a pass play uh didn't work went for another pass play didn't work brought out the field goal team 
temporarily, with six seconds left on the clock, might I add, because they wasted a lot of that, uh, brought back out the offense, sort of brought the... So they brought out the field goal team, took them back off, brought back out the offense, and then ran a QB sneak with the entire O-line in pass protection. So Justin Herbert just sort of fell forward through a hole of bodies that didn't move forward with him and straight into the Bills' defense. I... I Anthony Lynn, I have I have complained about his pass co- uh, his play calling all year long because of how terrible he has been. He's cost the uh, Chargers six or seven games now. I think he needs to be relieved of all duties regarding coaching the team. Sure enough, keep him in your organization as some kind of like technical guy, but fire that man as a head coach, please, for the love of God, get somebody else in who knows what the fuck they're doing on fourth. Well, in a fourth quarter, one minute drill with the game down by 10. Like, there's not much you can do, but don't call an inside zone. No, anything to stop the clock. Anything. Hey. Even just, yeah, even just a spike. Just to get your players a little bit of a rest, even. It was one of the worst decisions I've seen in in my years watching pro football. It it, it was vaguely reminiscent of uh, the Chuck Pagano um fake punt that is what i would compare it to watching the players scramble around trying to figure out what was happening and anthony lynn looking confused on the sidelines and looking mortified when his glorious plan of being an absolutely useless play caller didn't work it was disgraceful and i think to be honest get him gone i know that he's been there for ages but what has he done what has he done except wasted phil rivers's career because they didn't achieve anything and blown several key games. I, there's a Chargers <laughs> way of losing, and it's the same as the Dan Quinn way of losing, and it, it it's all on the coach to me. I uh, what I will say is he he's managed to like be, like the thing that I would say for Anthony Lynn is he is so good at getting the best out of his players. But the problem is, yeah, you're absolutely right. The play calling was shocking. Mm-hmm. I. Even even if you hand off the the headset to someone else and just keep him as like Mister Nice Guy, he's going to take care of the players. Then I'm all for that. But yeah, his time as the head coach, his time as the play caller in LA has to be pulling to a close. Yeah. And just before we move on, how glorious are those midnight Chargers bolts uniforms? This is this is the thing that I don't like about the Chargers this year. It's the fact that they are so pleasing on the eye to watch because. SoFi Stadium is magnificent. Those midnight blues, and I enjoy the powder blues. I know you've got a a disagreement on those. That is fine, but I really enjoy the powder blues. Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are glorious to watch. When Austin Eckler is healthy, he's one of the best running backs out there in in terms of a receiving back. I think that they are absolutely glorious to watch, and they are never going to be in the postseason under Anthony Lynn. That's, That's just it. That is, yeah, a postseason post mortem for the Chargers because we can. I think that we can pretty much throw their candidacy for the postseason in the bin now. Yeah, it is they've they've joined the uh, the Jets and Jags and Texans really in the in the bin after this one. I think I think there's more teams to go in the bin. Oh, bro, yeah, we'll come on to more of them in a second. <laughs> um, where where would you like to go now? I think. I think it'd probably be better since we've already name dropped them the the Jags Browns game. Um, oh yeah, yeah. 
Uh, why did Mike Glennon not run it forwards on that on that sort of two point conversion? And in fact, why did they call two straight two point conversions when if they just kicked the extra points? I mean, it's not like Aldrich Rosas is a bad kicker. There's See, no I, reason I, for it. I don't have an issue with them going for two. You know, you're the Jags. Take as many points, like try and put as many points on the board as you can. Mm-hmm. But I think he didn't trust himself. I think he d- genuinely just didn't trust his ability to scramble. Yeah, which. If you're going to make it um, any any further forward, and I guess this is probably one of the many reasons why he's a backup, you're going to have to have that trust in yourself. Because, I mean, even if you get stuffed, like, you went for it. Like, there was nobody to throw the ball to. The moment that he checked back, it gave the Browns time to scramble over there and and basically re- recoup their coverage. They, the Jags weren't good enough to complete a pass play on that, but the the Browns bit hard on their, on their option. And it was it was a real chance, really, for Mike Glennon to actually scramble it in. And if they if he'd managed to make it, this game would have been going to overtime. Um, Browns squeaked it close. Uh, yeah. Baker Mayfield absolutely cost them, though, in this one. I I know that I'm critical of him, and I know that I'll probably get oh, but you're a Steelers fan or something. But if anything, I think that, that makes it worse because I have to watch. Baker Mayfield quite a lot. I actually have to pay <laughs> attention to this team. Um, this for those is... listeners, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Tom, but for the listeners that would be jawing at Tom, I am. I have no horse in that race, and I am in total agreement. Wait, you're in agreement at the people jawing at me, or you? No, I'm in agreement of you saying that Mayfield is regressing to the point of obsolescence. Yeah, it's like. There was a stat in this game that was uh, Baker Mayfield hadn't thrown a touchdown pass since week seven. It's now week 12, and it took a game against the absolutely hopeless. Basically, like, no team would pick up most of their cornerbacks for their practice squad. That is how bad this Jags defense is right now. Um, And it took a game against them for him to actually do it. And the worst part is, is that he actually missed two very good opportunities for touchdowns. One of them was quite possibly the worst wide-open throw in completion I've ever seen. Um, I can't remember who it was that came open over the middle. It might have been Jarvis Landry, to be honest. And he, it, was, he, it was Jarvis Landry's day, so it wouldn't surprise me if he was open. Yeah. And wide open, up the middle, there is, and I shit you not, go watch back any any replay of this throw, eight yards of green and end zone in front of Jarvis Landry and basically for Baker Mayfield to put the ball into and he overthrows him. There's no Mm -hmm. pressure. He's not under any pressure whatsoever. It's not like we can say like the same about Jared Goff where he's bad under pressure because Baker Mayfield is bad in any, in any case he overthrows him. And then there's a second one later on when I think it might've been Kareem Hunt or it might've been Nick Chubb breaks out into the flat literally nobody in front of him for 20 yards and Baker Mayfield throws it lazily over the top of his head. It was like the Carson Wentz throw against the Seahawks a couple of years ago when he, he dropped just this absolutely horrendous floated pass way over the top of his his receiver. That was what happened here. And I, I just, Baker Mayfield after his rookie year has regressed to the point of where I'm considering that he is Mason Rudolph with more legs. He, he sort of, if I can use a, a bit of an adage from our football, he's like Tony Pulisian in the sense that he's sort of like, <laughs> every every pass feels like a clearance. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? I know exactly <laughs> what you're saying. Oh, there's something word. about it, yeah. <laughs> you get you get that analogy right. Yeah, it every just, pass it, feels like a clearance. I it, don't know why. It does. He, he manages to find pressure when there's no pressure. Because your problem with Mason Rudolph is that he sort of lazily stands around in the pocket and and ends up walking into pressure or waltzing into it a bit. <laughs> Baker Mayfield scrambles around in the pocket until there is pressure for him to get scared of and then throw the ball out of play. Like, the guy throws, like, 12 passes a game and he still fucking stinks. It's not like he's being overworked. It's not like he's being relied on. He has a run game, he has an O-line, he has wide receivers. What's your fucking problem? He, I tell you what, I, I, I've never seen a player drift lazily to the right quite as well as Baker Mayfield. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's horrendous. Baker Pulis. <laughs> oh, my word. Yeah. Right, okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think all I will say is that I think that if the Jags, if the Jags choose to go this way, they've got a feature back in James Robinson. I say if they build around him, that that offense could be solid. Well, it's not just a feature back as well. They've got um, they've got Keelan Cole, who when he's actually healthy is pretty pretty fine. Like he's a good wide receiver too. DJ Shark has got real flashes of talent at times. They just don't. I don't. I don't buy it with DJ Chark. Do you actually I, not? I, no, I just think he's so mercurial. Again, again, to sort of use a um, use a sort of hello, fella, Samson. Oh, hello. <sighs> Sorry, we've been interrupted now by uh, Pod Dog. Hello, Bud. Oh, he's got hey, in his fella. bed. He's just got oh, well. laid in his bed. Look, look at that. He's so oh, precious, isn't he? Just he's, he's fantastic. I'm I'm gonna if I, if I can go back to what I was saying, I'm gonna go to the the championship again. Funnily enough, and talk. Do you remember when? Um, do you remember when Adele Tarapt had that couple of seasons at QPR? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, <laughs> and like every couple of games, he was like caca, and then every other couple <laughs> of games, he was like cack. <laughs> like that's the, <laughs> like that's what I see from DJ Chart. I see every now and again. Oh, DJ Chart has got 150 yards, and then oh, he's been held to zero by AJ Bouye or something like that. <laughs> I'm just like oh, yeah. No, I I I do fully see that. I think he he has a lot of consistency issues for sure. Um, every day. One man must sit on the floor in some pillows next to a clothing rail in a spare room while his colleagues sit on a comfy bed with appropriate seating. For just £200 in total, we can get this man a chair and a table so that he can podcast in comfort and not need to stretch his groin every week. Please, please pledge as much as you can or as much as you really want to this poverty-stricken boy and help him afford a table and chair. Please go to http colon forward slash forward slash www.stiffupperlippod.com forward slash the cleft chinchilla appeal appeal. Thank you and please donate what you can to this unfortunate boy. Thank you. This has been a message brought to you by the Cleft Chinchilla Appeal Appeal Foundation. If you would like to know more, please visit our website. Thank you.
Shall we go over and talk Vikings Panthers? Oh yeah, go on then. Ooh. Um, ooh. Lead yourself. <laughs> ooh. Um, well, I'll start by saying this. Did you know that the Vikings are one game out of the wild card seed at the seventh seed in the NFC? <laughs> I'm not saying that we can do it, but I'm saying that Jesus Christ. And thank I mean I'm thanking the Patriots, I think, for the first time in my twenty six soon to be twenty six <laughs> years. Um <laughs> But uh yeah, it it was um the Minnesota looked incredible on the first drive and then put it in neutral until half time and Teddy Bridgewater looked <laughs> A little bit scattershot mm. in that first half. I mean, he threw some. He threw a decent pass to Robbie Anderson, but it was all sort of after the catch. Most of the yardage. Um, I think that Carolina did an incredible job of bottling up the Minnesota run game and forcing Cousins to pass. But then I think that their their secondary were just not able to cope with. I think it was. I think it was less about the skill, and I think that they were more. They weren't able to cope with just how many pass catches Minnesota had. Mm. I know that sounds like a strange thing, but when when you're that young and you're seeing like an enormous rotation of who's on the field, I think that Minnesota literally just sort of confused them to the point where they were giving up gains over the middle to wide open guys because of the play action. I think the main talking point of this game, though, has to be Jeremy Chin. And I, mm. I know I'm, I can see you're absolutely desperate to talk about Jeremy Chin. So I will I will cede the floor. Are you ceding the floor to me? Okay. I I feel vindicated right now by by Jeremy Chin, as I'm sure probably do you, because back in sort of week one and two, we were like Jeremy Chin could be a defensive rookie of the year candidate, and now like everyone is talking Jeremy Jeremy Chin, defensive rookie of the year, man, like he's gonna do it, like yeah, great, amazing unbelievable player and this game he had uh two fumble recovery touchdowns on back-to-back plays and not just that <laughs> yeah there was but... a kickoff in between but yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I, I when i was sort of looking back at the replays I, I sort of thought like oh maybe someone else has knocked the ball out like twice but no jeremy chin got the fumble for the second one it's why he was yeah. able to react so quickly he he is pretty damn good in pass coverage he's pretty damn good in the run game He's pretty damn good at tackling. He's got a great pursuit, great engine, great speed. He's also a fucking ball hog, man. Yeah, he's got a snoot for it, hasn't he? And he completed a fucking fake punt earlier on in the year. So as far as I'm yeah. concerned, Jeremy Chin, Defensive Rookie of the Year, get it fucking in the books now. Yeah, already you're already carving his name into the trophy. Yeah, but you're you're absolutely right, and he was he was the best player on the pitch today. Like without. A conversation, but I heard an amazing thing on the chat. I think I told I think I told you on Slack at the time mm-hmm. um, that they were asking his coaches before the game. Obviously, he's this hybrid player. Like, does he does he spend more time with the DBs or more time with the linebackers? And he has a private coach. What? He has a private coach who teaches rather than spend time with the DBs or linebackers. They've invented a new position, a new position coach for him in Carolina, and he just does it by himself. That's fantastic. I Isn't actually I love that. That is the perfect amount of coaching. That is why Matt rules in this bloody job. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you can already see. I mean, Carolina it might be a year, it might be two before they're really competitive, but they are building 
they're they're assembling a, a juggernaut there. Yeah. Oh God, yeah, hundred percent. I think I think the the Carolina Panthers and Washington football team have both got things very much set up for I'd, Washington's still in a QB. That's, oh, that's yeah, the no, thing about yeah, Washington. But, but the thing is, is Washington, like, if they don't end up in the playoffs, they they are in a great position to maybe take a Trey Lance, for example. Mm, yeah. A Trey Lance, uh, maybe, I, I don't know. It depends when they're picking. If they're picking, like, sixth, then maybe you're looking at Kyle Trask. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they might that's... trade up. They might have seen that the Dwayne Haskins experiment has gone down the shitter and Alex Smith can't be relied on to play for an entire year. So maybe they'll trade up. They're leveraging Kyle Allen as trade bait. All <laughs> 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 oh, right, where do you want to go next? Ooh. I, mm, actually, can I make an executive decision? Go for it. I want to talk. I want to talk Denver. Yeah, go for it. He, go for he's it. Putting his thumb up at me. Sorry, um, I picked up something off the floor. <laughs> so, I mean. As as Tom sort of pointed out earlier, many of many of the fans will be on social media, so I don't really think we need to go through the actual story for Denver in much detail. But essentially, Jeff Driscoll tested positive for COVID, and because all three other quarterbacks on the roster weren't wearing masks and were considered to be sort of high threat, they were all put on the COVID list, meaning that going into the going into the game, they didn't have a, a registered QB on the on the roster, not even on the practice squad. Yep. So what ended up happening was a sort of a baptism of fire for Kendall Hinton, the poor guy. <laughs> I mean, just give him his pension now. Yeah. <laughs> um, I saw there's one incredible article where Denver tried to get their, their quarterback's coach. It was their quality. It was their offensive quality assistant, I think. <laughs> that tells you all you need to know, right? If 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 the team doesn't trust the players to win and they're actively recruiting from their own coaching staff, <laughs> I mean, well, Eric Dungy was by the phone. Well, the only problem is, is is I saw people like saying, "Oh, but what about like a Colin Kaepernick or something?" But they couldn't. They genuinely couldn't have dipped into the market for any of the like guys that were just sat waiting by the phone, like you, Eric Dungy's, for example, because. They the COVID protocol says that you have to you have to stay isolated for five days before you can join up with the team. Um so I mean even our Lord and Saviour Eric Dungy, who we we keep trying to invite onto the podcast and he keeps ignoring us. Um you know, I'm sick and tired of this one way relationship, Eric. We are gonna have to have you on at some point. Um yeah. but yeah, yeah. they if you hire an agent, we'll talk to them. Yeah. <laughs> we will talk to literally anybody who represents you. Please. <laughs> Even if it's your mum. <laughs> please, sir. Wait, please, Mrs. Donkey, can can Eric come out to play? <laughs> I remember, I always remember that when I was like sort of 11 or 12, my friends would do that. And if my mum came to the, hi, Mrs. Wilkins, can Eric come out? And if it was me, they'd be like, trying to go and burn something. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Usually come up to the door and be like, wait, yeah, because one of my mates would do the exact same thing, but whenever he'd be like me, he'd be like, fucking Millhouse's there. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, song. So, <laughs> we all definitely sounded like we were like in our 40s when we were 13 as well. <laughs> a 40 a day, 40 year old. <laughs> fucking Millhouse's then. Fucking Millhouse's, cunt. 
<laughs> You're right, charge. <laughs> <laughs> oh my word. Um Yeah. So I mean to go back to the game, so Denver the fact that they scored three points is sort of a minor miracle considering <laughs> Yeah, uh, and they were they were set up with Philip Lindsay taking direct snaps, and then he got injured, and then Royce Cal Freeman, Hinton, yeah, and then Kendall Hinton. I keep wanting to say Kyle Hinton. Yeah, Kendall so. Hinton came in and threw. I think was it two picks in his first four passes? Uh, no, he had he had six straight incompletions, and then a pick, and then another two incompletions, and then a completion, and then a pick. So the worst part for the. Look, the the guy is obviously not a not a downfield passer, but they weren't calling like screens. No, they, they were, were literally they were calling things like twenty five yard shots over to the right hand side, and he kept getting picked off by like, oh great, it's another throw that's been picked off by fucking like Clancy Gardner Jr. or whatever his fucking name is, <laughs> Clancy Gardner Jr. CGJ. <laughs> But, the spitter, we'll call them. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, why didn't they make it easier for him? Like he he has throwing ability. They he did make good throws, but they were just off the back of absolutely horrendous reads. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he he didn't have the arm strength. I mean, he could he could carry the ball, but he didn't have any power. He didn't have any mm. juice on any of his passes, and that's why he kept getting picked off. But Guy did the best he could. I don't. I don't think anyone. There's. There's. Oh, there's thousands of people that think they could do a better job, but I think that they actually made the right decision in starting Kendall Hinton and asking mm. him to throw passes. But I think they made. I. I think they completely threw him under the bus. The worst part is here is that they actually asked him to throw more passes than I think Baker Mayfield got asked to throw in like week eight. So, you know, <laughs> that shows all the faith that they had in him. Yeah, but I mean, this is the game. This is if you ever wanted to see a game where there were zero starting quarterbacks. Short sure, right. I saw I saw something on uh, doing the rounds a little bit on social media, and it was like when Taysom Hill was performing absolutely horrendously, and the guy still hasn't thrown a passing touchdown yet. Um, there was a little thing going around, and it was. Do you think that Sean Payton saw what happened last year with Teddy Bridgewater and is now not going to start Jameis Winston because he's keeping him around for the eventuality of Drew Brees' retirement and he doesn't want a team to maybe see that he's doing all right in this team and and pick him up? Because Teddy Bridgewater was going to get like a, a pretty sizable contract based off of his performances last year. Um and like his performances elsewhere, and Jameis Winston to me is in that same sort of mold. And when I saw that, it, it did make me realize, like, oh shit, that does actually make a little bit of sense. Like, Taysom Hill cannot be your starting quarterback unless you're trying to keep hold of a guy that you're just sitting behind Drew Brees so that he can be your new starter. Yeah, I, I don't see it. I I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying, but what um. How do I put this? Uh, Jameis isn't going to command on the market what Teddy commanded. You know, he isn't going to be able to do that. And it's passing leader last year, interceptions leader last year. <laughs> There's two sides to that coin. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, it's true. And um, 
I personally think they should be starting Jameis over Taysom Hill, but it's it's tit for tat. I mean, I mean, one guy can throw and the other guy can't. That's that's one that's one way that it's not a tit for tat. But New New Orleans, I I think that they are mistaken if they think the quarterback of the future is on the roster right now. Yeah, I don't I don't think that they keep him around as like their definitive like franchise guy but i think like he's a good stopgap like if you I don't think... show trust and the faith in the guy and make him that why don't you start him why are you starting some bit part I, gadget I, mormon i think the the reasons that i've seen not just that like theorized thing but also that apparently when Taysom hill got his contract he was promised the backup job if drew Brees ever got hit um I think basically that sort of thing, but like they're also paying Taysom Hill a shit ton of money. They've already got this promise. Like they're probably just fucking like it's bad man management. I think it's terrible management of of really what they've got because right now Taysom Hill isn't worth any anywhere near the amount of money that they're paying him. He's not he's not a starting quarterback. He's not really anything that you can use sort of more than like 15, maybe 20 plays a game. No, just... no. I mean, New Orleans are fortunate in the players they've got around the quarterback. Because I think even when Drew Brees comes about now, he's not... He's not great, yeah. He's a sort of lambent Drew Brees at this point. But, I mean, Latavius Murray had an incredible game this week. He mm. really, really did. And I think he's such an under- underrated part of that offense. But I, I, the Saints would have won as long as they had any of the starters or backups in this league. They'd have won this game. But I, I, I genuinely don't think that any of the quarterbacks that are currently on the roster, Breeze, Hill, Winston, I don't think any of those guys are going to be the star going into week one next year. Interesting. Um, Shall we move on then? Let's do it. Let's do it. Falcons Raiders get it out of the way. Falcons absolutely tore the Raiders to shreds and immediately buried Derek Carr for MVP candidacy. It's, it's as soon as things start to go right for Derek Carr, it all comes crashing down. Yeah. How many? How many strip sacks was it? it was like three or four? I uh, think so. It, it it wasn't it wasn't great. I think that they forced like five fumbles on like six drive. It was it was it was really painful to be honest. Um. Just to watch. I mean, I, I'm not a massive like Raiders guy anyway, but ugh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm hearing a very, very loud, high pitched sound. Is that the is that the gentleman's brakes? Uh, it is. Yes. <laughs> Apologies. Do you, I repeat, known. do you want me to repeat it, or should we just leave that initial take in? Just leave that initial take. Just leave it in. Know. Fucking bollocks to you. You can you can get get what you like, and you you fucking yeah. Anyway. I've not seen the injury. I still haven't looked at the injury designation for Josh Jacobs, but it it did look like that Raiders team, the the team in general, just sort of collapsed, didn't they? Yeah. It, there was nothing. There was nothing. No resilience to them when they went down that sort of big score. And who was it who got the picks? Oh, the, was it a scoop score or a pick six? I can't remember. Um, it was it Ricardo was. Hang on, bear with me. Dion Jones. Dion Jones. Dion Jones. That's the one. Um. I think that that was the point at which the Raiders were completely cooked. Mm-hmm. 
and there was just there was there was nothing from them afterwards. No fight, no. Which is not good when you consider that they are fighting for a playoff spot yeah. against a team who is almost mathematically eliminated. Well, yeah, it just they are still technically in it, but in the same way that the Panthers are technically in it. But I think we can basically rule both of them dead at this point. And for a team that desperately needed this win to keep a, to keep the playoff chances alive, um, they needed this win. This was one that they had to win, and it just it went it went terribly. Um, Nathan Peterman got in. For five passes, uh, he threw three completions and 25 yards. Probably got a better passer rating than Derek Carr. Put him in next time. That's what I I'm think saying. that might be the best five-passing stretch of his entire professional career. <laughs> well, he clearly <laughs> didn't have any wide receivers to punch it up into the air for suspecting DBs, which is what he had in Buffalo. So <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I think I am the lone Nathan Peterman like apologist on this podcast. That's that's the most contrarian take I've ever heard. He was dreadful, and it wasn't just wide receivers knocking balls up. It was him just. Oh, there's a person. Oh wait, no, he's the other team. Obviously, like... not saying that he's a starter, but he's one of the better backups. I think. I think he got a rough ride. I think he works perfectly behind Derek Carr, who's. Fine. I didn't really rate him when people were hyping up about him. Uh, it's not changed. He is. He is. I'm sorry. He is the NFL's equivalent of Robin. He's yeah, just like... and Robin's <laughs> sick, mate. <laughs> right. Let's move on, please. Jets Dolphins get it out of the way. Bad game. Jets Bad game. managed to score as many points as a team that didn't have a quarterback. I mean, they were trying to put... At this point, they're trying to put Sam Darnold in the shop window to see what kind of trade value they can get. Based on this performance, probably not a lot. Probably a fifth rounder. Yeah, he he's playing like a fifth rounder, if that. I think, I think the thing is that uh, Jets fans need to remember is that when they get Trevor Lawrence, if Adam Gase remains in the job, which somehow he probably end up will be, because Hugh Jackson ended up staying in the job, um, is that Sam Darnold struggled behind this O-line, and Trevor Lawrence, it sure is an improvement on Sam Darnold, but this team, this scheme, this lack of running game, this lack of direction, this lack of actual sort of plan or formulated ideas in any way shape or form is going to murder Trevor Lawrence in the same way that it murdered Sam Darnold. Do you remember when Sam Darnold was meant to be the number one overall pick and people were like oh is it going to be Baker or is it going to be Darnold and now like neither of them could be starting quarterbacks in five years but like Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson are both like up there now. I don't think Baker is that bad. I think Donald is that bad that he might be out of the league. But I don't, I don't think Baker's there Oh, yet, no, no, no. But... Not, not out of the league. I mean, out of a starting job. There's a difference. Right. Yeah, like, I, I guess In so. the Blake Bortles role. <laughs> what, the, the COVID list for Denver? He was QB number three. Yeah. That's um, what I mean. Behind the I... Brett Rippon. <laughs> That's all you need to know, right? <laughs> From a man, you're behind a man who sounds like a sort of version of a tree. <laughs> yeah. Sam Donald, yeah. His trade value is sinking. 
I'm not sure. Now that they've brought Tua in, I'm not sure that bringing in Fitzpatrick for this game was the correct decision. No. No. This was the game that like if you're gonna if you're gonna want to look more competent and guild, uh, build your confidence in your rookie quarterback, you do it in this game. You do yeah. it in a in a home or oh, sorry, in an away tie in New York against a bumbling franchise that's on course for potentially the worst season since like the nineteen uh, nineteen eighty five books or nineteen eighty nine books. I can't remember which one it is. Some Buccaneers team that stung. Um that was the one where it was their first year in the league. Yeah. That's the <laughs> That's where we're at right now. Um you put Tua in, and I think as much as I adore Ryan Fitzpatrick, I don't think that it was the right game for him from a franchise perspective. I just don't want them to ruin Tua. That's all I want. I don't want them to like knock his confidence by quickly changing in and out which quarterback they're playing this week. Yeah. Um, and it effect, I mean, it, it affects everything because it affects even, even the way the O-line has to block. Yeah. Like even something as simple as that, because the right tackle become, takes on the responsibilities of the left tackle and vice versa. I, um, I think that I think it's the wrong decision. I'm always happy to see Fitz play, but all I can think now is this might play into my hands. You might be giving me a fiver in a couple of years when, when Tua is suiting up in New England. Wait, no, I thought that it was the uh... either to either Tonga Vailoa either... starts a game. Yeah, if either Tonga Vailoa starts a game for the Patriots, I think. Uh, wait, was it the I gave you a fiver? Yeah, that yeah. was my that was my bet. Yeah, I don't think that two is going to be starting anytime soon for the Patriots. <laughs> we'll see. You never know what Bill do. Well, it depends on whether or not he goes after Tali of Tonga Vailoa. <laughs> we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, and um, I'm trying to think what games we have left. So, I mean, we're we're at the Patriots. Shall we hit them while we're there? Yeah, I don't understand this Cardinals team. They confuse me. As in they're, the... a, they're a berserker, aren't they? In that you are they going to come in and destroy you, or are they going to come in and swing an axe at their own face, or like drop an egg or something? Well, usually I'd say like berserkers are the teams that are out of the playoffs and will spoil the party for teams, you know, like your Falcons at this point. But like the Cardinals, Cardinals are, <laughs> are right in there. And they, they need to pick up wins against teams that aren't very good. And the Patriots aren't very good this year. Um, it wasn't a good game by any stretch of the imagination. I don't think that anyone played well on either side of the ball. Uh, except really Nick Folk. That's the it. Folk hero. Yeah. He won the game yeah, for no. them. He was he was the MVP of the game for me as well. But um, the, the man of the match, rather. Oh, excuse me. But um, what well, I had something. I had something. There was a a really really bad roughing call on um, Isaiah Simmons that I think was just complete horse trash. Yeah. But other than that, this game was so uneventful and dour. And it's strange because it's the Cardinals and they've got this like high flying offense. But it turns out that as soon as as soon as anyone who's paid attention to the college game. I, let me try that. Let me start that again. So Belichick 
you know that he takes more out of the college game than almost any coach, right? Yeah. So you know that he's been, he, he's had in his mind for years that a team's going to try this Texas A&M defense and he knows exactly how to stop it. And that was clear today. Yeah. The, the Cardinals offense gave very little. And I think it shows that the Cardinals have no backup plan. No, they don't actually. That That was the thing that sort of hit me. It was, they're so set on the scheme that they can't really adjust out of it. No, they can't. They can't switch to power running because they can't do that. They can't, you know, they, they can't. They certainly can't throw a screen. No, it's definitely just not. not. Yeah, it, it's it, it's a strange it's a strange thing because when it works, they absolutely mop up on teams, and when it doesn't work, they come away looking really shabby. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy to move on. To be honest, yeah, let's do it. Bengals Giants. The Giants lead the NFC East. Didn't they do well? Didn't they do well? Come on, you boys in blue. As the Cincinnati Bengals, led by Brandon Allen, took on the Giants, led by Daniel Jones and then Colt McCoy, and then for one pass, Golden Tate. Ugh. Daniel Jones's hamstring uh, bit the dust. Pop like a piano string. Hopefully he's fine but at least i'm looking forward to like potentially a six week break from not having to talk about daniel jones i don't think sam will let you have that he won't no definitely not for we should have actually j- taken the opportunity and not talked about it this week we uh, yeah why didn't we do that right uh the bengals did things the giants outside of quarterbacks did uh, fine i mean evan ingram had 129 yards it was a pretty decent day for him Wayne Goldman critical fumble. Yeah, it it was a monstrous like I, I mean it sums up Evan Ingram to a T to be fair. Like hands made of concrete and and absolutely no chance of relying on him as a reliable man to hold on to the football, but when he does it, he breaks for big. Um yeah. Wayne Goldman I think is is coming into his own a little bit as a as a running back. 94 I'll... yards and a touchdown. He could be the he could be the feature back on another team next year. Like obviously, when Saquon comes back, he's going to be relegated to a role. And I don't I don't think he's bad enough to be a backup. No. So I mean, the Giants have unearthed something there. Um, that pickup of Blake Martinez is starting to look like one of the best pickups of free agency. He is rather than I mean I, we had this conversation before. Rather than a couple of years ago where he was tacking tackling everyone but allowing sort of like four yards after contact. Mm-hmm. He seems to have really bulked up now, and he's sort of making the making the big plays and sort of it's it's one of the reasons. So I actually I'm going to talk fantasy for a second. I actually picked picked up the Giants' defense a couple of weeks ago, and it is paying dividends at the moment because they are doing they all are right. they are making me some points. Yeah. So it doesn't matter that my overall team sucks. <laughs> um, as for the Bengals, they were. A bit directionless, I think, without Burrow. T. Higgins looked good again, but difficult to find a bright spot. Yeah. Um, I mean, in the secondary, I mean, Von Bell and Jesse Bates were tackling machines in, in that game. I mean, they've been they've been pretty good, although, to be fair, like when you're playing up against the Giants, it's hard to take really too many things about, uh, about your defensive performance, especially in the secondary. However... Uh, there was at least a bright point in this game in terms of something interesting that happened because Brandon Wilson immediately returned uh, a kickoff at seven nothing down. 
for a touchdown. So well done, Brandon Wilson. Yeah. I've, in fact, the Giants' special teams sort of coverage was awful all day. Yeah. I think the Riley Dixon was playing in the game of his life as a punter, and yet everything was being returned. Yep. So. Um, yes. Yikes. Move on. Move on. Move on. Uh, Rave on. Scream if you want to go faster. <laughs> the fa- the louder you scream, the faster the ride. Shabba. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, yeah. I don't think anyone sort of south of Leicester <laughs> is going to get that reference. <laughs> oh, it's brilliant, though. I feel like we mentioned Phoenix Knights like every couple of episodes, and it's still fantastic. Yeah, of course it is. Of course it is. It's, me- it's genuine masterpiece. If you want a if you want a culture shock, then go and watch Phoenix Nights. It's brilliant. Yeah, for all of our listeners in Belgium, <laughs> <laughs> Phoenix you, Nights. You Yemen people, you'll love it. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Potter's big pink paradise. <laughs> Clinton Baptiste is still uh, is a tour, is like a touring comedian, by the way. He does he does actual shows me one went to one. I'm getting the way. None. No. Stiff Upper Lip are partnering with Gridiron Extra, which is a UK-based NFL site. They do a lot of work in things like the draft, and they have many writers on to write about the pertinent topics, whether that's power rankings, whether that's preview drafts, whether that's just general chit-chat and articles Tom and I have written for them. We've had Ben Matthews, who's the founder of Gridiron Extra, on to speak about the Seahawks in the past, and we definitely will again. I would strongly urge you, if you're a fan of the podcast, if you're a fan of the NFL and you're from the UK, read into Gridiron Extra, because they, they've just got everything you want as a UK. Fan. So to find all this incredible content, to find all this lovely, lovely content, just visit www.gridironextra.com. Extra without the E. Gridironextra without the E.com. Voice of an angel. Oh, we're being, oh we're, being, we're being blessed a little bit. I'm, do, I'm doing some awesome crap. So you just keep talking to the listeners. Can you See mute your you mic can... while you do this so that I can yeah. actually... Thank you. So, so you've t- got to see if you can tell who I am, okay? Okay, wait. Do you want me to do you want me to keep talking while while okay, yeah, that's fine. So I I want to I want to just quickly drag us back into kickers corner because we didn't really talk uh, touch upon too many kickers this week, but what a week it was for kickers and my kicker of the week was Young Kwai Ku who has come out of nowhere really last year to drop some onside kick bombs specifically in Thanksgiving games against the Saints for the Falcons. And since then has been automatic. He is one of the best kickers in the league right now. He's nailing it from short. He's nailing it from long. He's nailing it in the clutch. He's nailing it any chance he can get. Young Waku, you are my star kicker. Thank you. Ed, I think, might be ready. I'm not ready, but I would like to give you my star kicker of the year so far. Miami Dolphins' own Jason Sanders. Also a beautiful star kicker. Ah, I, every time, I, it's getting to the point now where when two was on the field, I want them to have a field goal <laughs> just so I can see Jacob, Jason Sanders hit another like boomer from 56 yards and watch it probably work from 70. Perfect. <laughs> absolutely love uh, Jason Sanders. Also absolutely love Young Kwaku. 
I uh, I have a, a little chat with um, some people in a Discord call usually when when these games are going on, and they they would like me to refer to him as Young Hoku, uh, so I won't be doing that. But if I do end up doing that accidentally, then you know who to blame. It's it's my good friends Crocodilius Games and uh, Mister Durbin. So there you go. You get your own little shout out, boys. Hope you're all having a lovely day. I said, are they listeners? They have listened. Okay, are you ready, by the way? Go for it. Who am I? Oh, come on. Um, this is this is quite simply horrific. I'm 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 really not sure. Ah, oh, Burnley. Ah. Oh. Sean Dyche. <laughs> oh, he's doing a Sean Dyche bit. It's brilliant. Why do you not... You have a... Oh, wait, no, yeah, because you've shaved. I was going to say, yeah. like, you've got a goatee. Get it? <laughs> you want to talk to guys like Sean Dyche for Halloween? <laughs> <laughs> you, that would be the easiest thing, I think. Just show up in, like, a, a regular suit with just a regular tie. The most regular man <laughs> on the planet, and then just go in and talk about drywall for fifty minutes. So, I have you ever heard my story about Sean Dyche? Go for it. Which is that um, he would. I was. So I was as a kid. I would go and watch Chesterfield mm-hmm. because even though I was like a Wednesday fan, like I lived in Chesterfield. And yeah. what would happen is the the players would go in for half time, and you would be able to see the smoke coming out of the tunnel. Right. Yeah. Every every time we built City Smoke, it was Sean Dyche having a fag half time. Was Sean Dyche a manager at Chesterfield? He was a player. Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Isn't it just? <laughs> I caught the very, very, very end of the Dyche era at Chesterfield. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. I'm so I'm so very glad that, that was that was what he had a reputation for. Was he a, was he a no nonsense boot it up like Peter Kay and the John Smith advert uh, no nonsense centre half? Yeah, he was he was he was the kind of guy that would play tennis with a sledgehammer <laughs> like that. Ah, technically gifted man, <laughs> great arms for a big lad. <laughs> oh, could give Andy Murray a run for his money. Yeah. Right, well, um, is it just Rams 49ers now? No, there's there's still four games. Oh, come on. There's Rams... I'm not about this. What do you mean <laughs> you're not about this? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Let's go. Four games. Four games. Let's go through them. Rams 49ers. Shocker. Jared Goff is still not very good. Shocker. The 49ers are worse. And um... somehow won. <laughs> and somehow won. Yeah. Um, is everything to play for in the NFC because the good teams insist on losing sometimes. Uh, do you reckon that, you know, because the uh, NFC East is guaranteed a home shot um, and the fifth seed would have to face them, do you reckon that the reason why the Rams played down to their opposition being the 49ers and uh, lost is because they're hoping that they can get the fifth seed while the Seahawks get, like, the second seed or the third seed or something? specifically so that they have to play the Giants in, like, New York and just 
like cruise out to an easy victory. Like, is that what is happening? I don't think so because if you remember earlier in the year, I mean, the Giants gave the Rams a good run. Mm, so like, did. well, I, uh... you say a good run. It was more that the two teams sort of just sat at midfield and had a tea party. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. But I don't, I don't think it's in any teams, unless you're actively tanking, I think you win every game. Like, I just, I think that, I think that both teams were bad and, you know, two bad teams showed up on the day. Yeah. One bad team has to win. Cam Akers had his first sort of actual workload uh, for the season. He's basically been limited to like one, maybe two snaps a game. He actually got nine carries for 84 yards. Um, which was, you know, fine. Good, good job, Cam Akers. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's he's certainly a good running back, but he's not an exciting running back. No, he's I, a... I forget that he exists most of the time. <laughs> I'm glad we agree. Well, do you know, I I think you know because the Rams have maybe got the most sort of um, the the stable of backfield they have is that they have like three or four mid to high tier rushers with no. Mm-hmm. I cannot for the life of me understand why they don't do more sort of like two running backs looks. Because mm-hmm. it is always it's always three wide receivers, one tight end, one running back. Always. Yeah, it is actually, yeah. Because like, they only really have like... Because Gerald Everett is their main tight end and then occasionally Tyler Higby gets out there and you're just boring. And then I, you've got I, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods and Josh Reynolds and that's it. Yeah. But they have three or four decent running backs. Just get two of them on the field, cause some confusion. Yeah, I mean, Malcolm Brown and Daryl Henderson didn't exactly have a a barnstorming game, but like, imagine if you had sort of maybe if you lined up as though you were going to go for like a fucking kneel down, but with one wide receiver out out wide, and then you had like a three running back situation where you had like. Are you calling for you calling for a fake kneel down? I'm caught. Yeah, fuck it, a fake <laughs> kneel. I mean, that's basically what should have fucking happened in the well, almost happened in the Chargers game. Basically, yeah, they went yeah. for a fake QB spike. It felt like. <laughs> <laughs> right then, um, I actually thought because you can have a maximum of four players in the backfield, mm-hmm. so that could work. It could <laughs> literally. There's no reason why it couldn't. Because uh, like fake spikes work in the same sort of fashion. Yeah. So. Right. Where where are we going? Where where are we hitting next? Shall we hit the the games in ascending order of interesting and start with the Seahawks Eagles? Whoever's doing the edit, which I think might be me this week, roll out the bird call. <laughs> it's a bird ball. It's a bird ball, mate. Get in. <laughs> Samson's just looked up at me in a very, what the fuck are you on about? He's not been here for any of these recordings. He's not heard a bird squeak. Oh, don't huff at me, baby. The only balls he cares about are dog balls, baby. Damn right. Um, Yeah, I mean, this game, it had had everything that we thought it was going to have. It had Wentz fucking making some howlers. Mm -hmm. It had, had, yeah, I can't get over. I was was talking about this earlier. I can't get over how many times the the Eagles seem so bereft of ideas. They run a QB uh, sorry a QB draw. I can't actually tell whether they're running QB draws so often, 
Or it's just no receivers are open and Carson Wentz just decides, fuck it, I'm off. I, I genuinely don't know. And I think the the Eagles have been pretty bad at drafting wide receivers. I mean, they took, uh, they took JJ Ortega-Whiteside last year ahead of DK Metcalf, who ironically then went and absolutely torched them this game. Um and then this year they took Jalen Rieger and uh, ahead. Of, oh, sorry, Jalen Rieger instead of Justin Jefferson, T. Higgins, Chase Claypool. Literally any of those guys would have been a far better fit. Um, they they may be technically in the division race because of the fact that the entire NFC sucks ass, but they are. They are in rebuild mode as far as I'm concerned. And if they have any illusions about any form of grandeur whatsoever, it is a complete disillusion because it is a mess in, in Philadelphia right now. Mm-hmm. I think Doug Peterson needs to go. I agree. I think, I think out of all of the coaches that might be on the hot seat, I think him and Anthony Lynn are the top two right now. I don't know. I, th- I, think, you're, um, I think you're forgetting about Doug Marone. I am. You're right. <laughs> Big dad Doug Marone. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I could not agree more with the notion that those guys are on the hot seat. I also think that Carson Wentz should be mothballed for the year. Yeah, get, you know, I mean, get Jalen Hurts in for God's sake. Just it can't be any worse than what we got served up with this sort of diet serving of wet lettuce. Unless it is, in which case, that's back to back second rounders that have just fucking blown up. But. I mean, even if it was worse, like there's the, the thing about Wentz is that like he's 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 okay, slightly running, but like Jalen Hurts is better at that. He can't be any worse of a passer than fucking Carson Wentz is right now. Carson Wentz is throwing some of the worst passes that I'm seeing in the NFL right now. It's a competition between him and, uh, him and Mayfield for who is the worst quarterback out of any of the competitive teams at all. Because obviously, think it's like. Close. What I'm sorry, you... I know I know you're anti Mayfield, but I don't think it's close. I have not seen a worse performance from an incumbent star. Yeah, no, I think I think you might actually be right on that one. I I saw a stat that um, if you were to to look at every team's turnover ratio uh, or turnover number, Carson Wentz is there in fourth on his own. Fourth. Oh, get him out. Get, he's not a bad player, but just get him out because he's he's fucked. He is. He's, he's literally fucked. his mentality is gone. He's got no confidence in anything that he's doing, and we've called this from the draw. Oh, sorry, the tie against the Bengals. It's 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 a game of mindsets. I think most of the time in the NFL, and when you've got absolutely no mindset whatsoever to actually go out and win a game, you've got no confidence in your abilities. You've got no confidence that your O line will be able to keep you upright because. That's the thing as well is the amount of injuries that the Eagles have had on their O line has probably not helped him because he doesn't know whether or not he's going to actually walk home the next uh, the next fucking day. But Jesus Christ, he can't, it can't be any worse. It can't no. be any worse. No, it'd be an, it'd be a, yet another season that Carson Wentz hasn't finished the season in Philly, but it will be the right decision, mm. and the. I mean, the other thing to say is I can't. I genuinely can't remember the last time I saw a Philadelphia Eagles smile. No, they they look a broken team. They look. They do. Uh, just you, you, you definitely got like. I mean, I know that the scoreline says that it was close, but it was a, it was 
it was night and day as far as I was concerned in terms of which team were actually the better team. Um, the Seahawks went in there and absolutely storm, uh, steamrolled them in terms of they didn't even really need Chris Carson to to do anything, but he did what he needed to, which was just put the ball in the end zone. DK Metcalf yeah. had 177 yards, absolutely ridiculous, and he's still not the best performing wide receiver of the day. Because I, I don't know whether or not you're happy to move on, but I'm happy. Coming out as live from the veterinarians, though. Oh, yeah, I thought I'd, I thought I'd buzz in um, and just say prayers up for Daniel Jones's hamstring. Oh, we've made an entire episode without <laughs> fucking without mentioning his. It's because I knew, I knew I couldn't trust you. How's it going? Looking wild today. We're gonna have to go into Seattle with Colt McCoy at the helm, then. Mm. That's, and we've and we've got Ben on to discuss the aftermath of that game as well. So. Oh yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's it. Just wanted to make sure that my man got a, a mention. Okay, well, it's lovely he, to hear from you. It's it's good to be here. I wish I could be there in a real, you know, yeah, meaningful way. Can you show us an animal? Is that something you're able to do? I don't have any animals. Sam, do you want to see an animal? <gasps> yes. Here, here you go. Wait. There he is. Hey, buddy. I've got headphones on. You, you can, obviously, you oh. can't hear you, but, you know. Oh. What a wonderful you, animal. You will have to meet him at some point. That is absolutely a thing that oh, has will. to happen. Yeah. That's is... beyond question. Two two of the pets of this how of this podcast are called Sam though, or variations upon Sam. Yeah, we've got Samuel <laughs> and then there's Samson. Am I asleep. am I too kind of a pod pet? Just kind well... of quietly <laughs> put into a corner and. <laughs> you definitely were last year, but this year you've actually become a human host. Good job. Yay. <laughs> oh. Okay, I'm gonna leave now. Okay, I have to provide medical care. More than well, fine, was, dude. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you ever so much. <laughs> this has been this has been incredible. Also, I've just realised I've just realised who Sam's hair and beard combo actually reminds me of. Who is it? <laughs> he looks like a white Zeke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, right. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Where to now? Sure. Well, I was going to segue into Buccaneers Chiefs, but then I realised that that one was the far more exciting game. Should we should we get rid of Packers Bears? I think I think the less said about this game, the better, really. Other than it was comfortable by fifteen minutes. I mean, we should have really got Max on, really, because I feel like Max would have done it done it good good uh, good service and and done it justice, but. Um, the fact that the Bears were within 16 points is yet another example of the Bears are losing big and they're just going to fucking run up the score in garbage time. It was complete. I, I criticised them all the time for it. Uh, this this absolutely horrendous performance on all sides of the ball was just disgusting, to be honest. It was it was bad. It was weak. Aaron Jones... Uh, sorry, Aaron Rodgers didn't even really do that much really Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams did a a pretty even share both had 17 carries one had a touchdown one had more yards they spread the ball around pretty well and yeah Darnell Savage had two two interceptions which you know 
rookie, uh, or is it second year? Sorry for Donald. Second Savage. year, Donald. Yeah, uh, pretty pretty nice for him to get on the stat sheet. I think that Mitch Trubisky looked better in the offense than Nick Foles did, but it's it's almost as though sort of picking between like kicking a wall with a toe pick underneath your toenail or uh, pulling out one of your eyelids. Like, that is what it is like right now watching the Bears' offense. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's two graphic forms of self-mutilation there. Horrendously uninteresting and painful. And, yeah. I mean, David Montgomery went over 100 yards and it didn't, it didn't fucking matter. Just... Blow it up! I know that they're they're five and six. They're probably hurting. They're still in the wild card race, but blow it up! I at this point, I agree. I've seen nothing. I'm ashamed to say, but I've seen nothing resembling life from this team for weeks. We actually we we are in a power ranking episode, but because of the fact that uh, week twelve isn't finished yet. <laughs> we haven't been able to do it, but I, I genuinely think I'd be putting the Bears in the sort of low low regions, like your sub twenties, and they're just I mean, shy of yeah. five hundred. And it's just because they are they are hopeless right now. They're know. not good. They're not good. Anyway, before it gets more graphic, do you have anything else you want to add? Or new? No. no. Other than my cat is here. Hi, Molly. Hi, Molly. We say hello to Thomas. No, don't run away from me. <laughs> she doesn't. She, she's not like she likes it when I pick her up functionally. Like I'll pick her up to put her on something, or like I'll pick her up to take her to bed. But she doesn't like just being sort of recreationally picked up. Yeah. I mean, no that that's that's entirely fair enough. I don't think I would be like like to be recreationally picked <laughs> up. <laughs> I don't know. It's got its merits. Yeah. She's angrily shouting at you right now. Yeah, if she was a person, she'd be suplexing me through a table because I'm not better the second <laughs> half of a tea. What, recreationally picking you <laughs> up? <laughs> yeah, that would be an example of functional picking up. <laughs> she intends to suplex me. <laughs> no, that is very true. And uh, speaking of of things being suplexed, Carlton Davis had his dignity suplexed this week by Tyreek Hill. 269 yards and three touchdowns for the alleged child abuser as the Chiefs romped out to a very early dominating performance against the Buccaneers. But then, you know, they came back into it. It looked like it could be close. Rob Gronkowski went over 100 yards. It was like, oh, they're actually throwing the ball around. And then Tom Brady threw like two of the worst picks that he'll probably throw in a while. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't read again. This is one of those other games where I can't read too much into this because the books the books effort would probably be enough to win them more than half the games. So mm-hmm. the Chiefs were absolutely dominant. I mean, like you said, Tyreek Hill treated Carlton Davis like a three year old. Yeah, um, you know, as only he can. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> allegedly, oh allegedly. <laughs> and um, yeah, yeah. It, I, I wrote an article on Gridiron Extra recently where I talked about the Chiefs and sort of said I don't have to watch the Chiefs games with any degree of. I don't. It's not that I don't care, but it's just that they're 
they're just the better team every week, week in, week out. They are just the better team. I think, yeah, I I do agree with you. I mean, I'll, I'll watch them absolutely for entertainment purposes because it is fun to watch Patrick Mahomes sling the ball around. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I'll continue to watch them anyway because, I mean, the people that I watch Sunday football with, uh, well, one of them is a Chiefs fan. So it's like, I'm always going to keep up to date with, like, how they're getting on in terms of just sitting and watching their games because it's fun. But yeah, you don't you don't have to really look into it too much. And if you do on those rare examples, it's usually either a divisional game or a game against a team that is on their level and there aren't many teams out there like right now. So I think that might be have we hit the conclusion of the podcast this week? I think that might be where we where we draw it to a close. Um, well, I have I have a task for all our listeners then. So obviously, Tom is um, Tom is quite an avid Twitch streamer. So what I would sort of like you to do is the next time Tom is on a stream, I'd like you to just let him know what your favorite sort of luncheon meat is, <laughs> whether whether ham is your bag or whether perhaps you know turkey. Uh, other other chicken there are plenty plenty of animals that can be sliced and put betwixt <laughs> bread and if you're a vegetarian and you've not felt very ill after everything that just happened then uh, you can also let me know which kind of cheese you like in there and if you're a vegan then i'm sorry i'm not interested in your favorite kind of lettuce you can shove off oh no i absolutely have a favorite kind of lettuce and i'm not a vegan i i, I do grow my own lettuce though is homegrown your option? Yeah. And you can actually, you can do that um, in case you haven't already done so. You can do that via twitch.tv forward slash trappersman1997. There are also two other uh, hosts of this pod, although one of them is more of a sort of guest, it feels like right now. But she is still very much a host of the pod, and that is tinypotato underscore gaming. And then there's also... Our resident producer, Emma Hebron, who shows up as Little Moon Gaming, so you can go check all of us out. On... And if if you if you do see one of them online, please, please feel free to just let them know what your favourite thing to have in a sandwich is. <laughs> yeah, let literally any of us know what your favourite sandwich filler is. And you can also tweet it at us, which is at stifflitpod one um, we do also actually technically have a second Twitter account for the other for the other podcast, but we'll just we'll leave that. Are one you are now. you are you plugging Dropkick right? No, we're not. We're not I'm not cool with this. I'm not cool with this. We're not. Shh, shh, shh. It's fine. We're not. Oh, sorry. Uh, don't try and make it underground. All right. <laughs> it's just too it's underground not, shit, man. It's, it's not dead, cool. It's that underground scar. shit. It's not scar. There's literally we've not even talked about a scar band yet. Good. Don't. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you can also check us out on Instagram and Facebook. Facebook is Stiff Up, uh, well, the Stiff Upper Lip Podcast. And Instagram is at Stiff Upper Lip Pod, I think. I'm not too sure. We also do have a website. And you can also check out everything that me, well, mostly Ed, but I was going to say me and Ed, or Ed and I, right, on uh, Gridiron Extra alongside a bunch of talented writers. You've probably seen them around here in these parts. Uh, at gridironextra.com sans e so this has been the Stiff Up Podcast Ed have you got any closing remarks? 
I'm all out. Um, I'll tell you, I I can tell you actually, this isn't it. No. Okay. Yeah. Shit.